Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, June 10th, 2014. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are on page 76, paragraph 1. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Rabia M., 12 Traditions, Ida L., and the readers of the text, Marie P., Marcella M., and Sylvia F. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, June 9, 2014, is 6445. 6445. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Rabia M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. My name is Rabia, and I am a newly recovered compulsive overeater from New York. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, I pass. Thank you. I will now ask Ida L. to read the Twelve Traditions. Hi, this is Ida, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Pennsylvania. The 12 Traditions, number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Number two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. 
A loving God is as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Number three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Number four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Number five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Number six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Number seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Number eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Number nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 76, paragraph 1, and I will ask Marie P. to begin our reading. Good morning, everybody. Melanie, thank you for being there. This is Marie P., a compulsive overeater. If we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, every one? If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us to be willing. This first part of the first sentence, if we can answer to our satisfaction, refers back to the paragraph before that when they say, have we covered all our defects? Have we built the sound foundation or did we build with mortar without sand? Um, 
And if we can say we've answered to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. Okay, so step six emphasizes in this paragraph willingness. And willingness, according to the Big Book Dictionary, is readiness consisting of an exercise of free will. So are we ready to turn our will over to God and let go of all our defects of character? If not, we ask God to help us be willing. And if you if you think of the serenity prayer, to accept the things I cannot change and to change the things I can, that would help us be willing. And I'm sure there are many other prayers that you can use to ask him to help you be willing. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Marie. Who would like to comment on what was read? Katie G. from Boston. Hi, Katie G. And I heard one more person. Hi, just one moment, please. I'm going to ask also Rose to be in queue, and then I heard Larry from Chicago. Thank you, Katie. You can go first. Yeah, no problem. Good morning. This is Katie G. Recovered for today uh, from Boston. Really excited to be at Step 6. And, um, you know, when I first went through the work with my sponsor and we got to Step 6, I saw that the way I'd been living my life was horrible, that I'd been living my life based on selfishness, based on fear, based on my sexual, you know, drive, my need to control other people, to use them, to get everybody to follow my social script. And I saw that it had gotten me absolutely nowhere. It had gotten me into the 12-step rooms. It had gotten me a sponsor and a big book. So I was somewhere, but I was not, it was not working. So I was completely convinced. And what happened to me um, in the process of doing step 10 and 11, that pink bubble kind of burst for me. Because what I didn't realize is, you know, I wasn't going to be struck white as snow. Like my experience was that God, you know, didn't just, remove all my defects of character. I actually had to actively participate in looking at my defects of character every day and then acting, you know, contrary to what my will was. So I'll give you an example, like gossiping and, you know, that grandiosity is something that I have struggled with, right? Like, but the thing is with gossiping, am I willing to let go of that high that it gives me when I think I'm better than other people and that false intimacy? Or am I willing to let go of the fear that you're going to reject me if I tell you the truth? And so for me, when I took step six this first time, it was like, yes, I was on this pink cloud. I was empty. You know, I'd done a really, you know, a thorough job. And yet what has happened is I have come back to step six and seven through the result of doing 10 and 11 on a daily basis. Because I don't know about you guys, but I, the steps are circular for me. I haven't been struck perfect. I am still a compulsive overeater. I still have a, a maladjusted mind, you know, and has God changed me? Absolutely. But it's been a slow process, and I work on this every day. You know, there's a line in a book I love, am I willing to question daily my willingness 
to be willing? Am I willing to say the way I'm looking at things right now in this moment may be wrong? I may continue to need an altered perspective because I am still not perfect. I am still an addict. I still have selfishness, resentment, fear, sex, conduct, messiness. Life is much better, and God has continued to help me grow and change, but I have to be willing to show up. It's like, am I willing to show up if I have the fear? Am I willing to show up and do it anyway? If I want to lie to someone or if I want to use a man, am I willing to tell him the truth and say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to, we can't date any longer. You know, am I willing to get right with God's kids and God and, and miss out on this, like, lie I'm telling myself that I'm winning, like the, um, the, you know, I'm forget. I'm not knowing the word, the perk that I seem to get when I use my character defects, right? So um, I don't know. This is an active process for me. It continues on a daily basis. I'm asking God to help make clear to me what are my defects of character that are operating today that are just areas of agnosticism and fear in my life, and how can I surrender them? How can I act contrary to this internal belief system? Um, so it's just a growing and evolving and changing process, one that I'm truly grateful for. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Rose, you're next. Thank you so much, Melanie. Thank you for moderating today. Also, my name is Rose. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Extremely grateful and um, have no doubt as to who got me to be on this meeting this morning. Um, Thank you, God. Um, Step six, um, what was just shared, I'm so grateful I heard before I even spoke, because I would uh, say ditto, ditto, yes, yes, um, very much for me, the same exact things. And um, the things I would add is that I have been doing quite a bit of in-depth the 11-step review, um, going over my day, 10th and 11th. And it also has put me back into step six and and seven, which we'll be coming up to. But with step six, I've got six of the words in this little paragraph that I had looked up when I was being brought through the steps here in the book. And um, the only one I want to share here is about willingness. And my definition of willingness here, I'm so glad to reread it, is that it's acting and giving readily and cheerfully. Now, I add the cheerfully, um, especially for me, is um, very, very significant because as a uh, food addict, I was not a cheerful person at all, and and nor was I willing or was I ready to um, have God remove anything from me. And as a result of being brought through these steps the way they are laid out in the big book, oh, my gosh, um, what I could share, but I'll just say it as briefly as possible, is that I do turn to this step before coming to the seventh, really saying to God, very plain vanilla, please, if, this is, if I don't have the willingness, please give me the willingness. I need it. I want it, and everything is resisting. Please give it to me. And I will share that that works when I sincerely and earnestly do it. And I find myself these days, because of my own personal circumstances, my life is very up in the air. 
including a possible move after being in New York for 45 years, perhaps returning to Boston. I don't know yet. But um, whatever it be, one one day at a time, is um, is utilizing this step because I'm, I am asking God presently for the willingness to surrender completely all what I think I ought to be doing, saying, you know, you know better, please show me, lead me, direct me. So thank you so much for um, being here and letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you. Larry from Chicago. Good morning, Melanie. Uh, Larry, uh, recovered compulsive overeater. So step six, um, you know, willingness, that's the principle behind step six, willingness to be entirely ready to get my hands off of it. You know, it's it's time to let God do for me what I couldn't do for myself. And, you know, it says if we can, you know, if we can answer to our satisfaction, answer what? You know, at the end of step five, we took an hour of time with God. We asked ourselves, you know, have we been, uh, have we, have we been complete in our work? Have we built a firm foundation? And we don't wander into the next steps if we haven't been, you know, been thorough. But, you know, what we admitted was objectionable. For me, you know, anger, resentment, self-loathing, fear, dishonesty, you know, all those objectionable things. And most people get to step six and say, yes, of course, take it all. You know, I want to get rid of this junk. And so this could be really quick for some people, step six. Yet others are are not ready. I know for me, I I wasn't ready. You know, if it it wasn't for lying, cheating, fear-based behavior, stealing, you know, fighting, these these were, were, were my former tools of coping. You know, some people might have committed suicide, you know, pretty strong words, but nonetheless true. Those were my, the only tools in my toolbox. I mean, without the tool of dishonesty, for example, the idea of interacting with people, you know, socially, at work, etc., showing my true self, would, it would have been too much to bear. And so now, today, as a changed human being, as the result of working these steps, I can quite easily and, and effortlessly show you my true self without the fear of rejection and disapproval because God has rendered me whole. I've been reborn in a way whereby I don't need the tool of dishonesty to cope with my own self-loathing. You know, God, God this is a, you know, faith without works is dead. You know, God, with this work, I move from a self-centered existence to a, to a God-centered existence. So step six is actually more involved than I thought. You know, I thought it was just something to be glossed over. And then the next part, you know, do I believe that God can pull this off? You know, is can the God of my understanding, will, will the God of my understanding remove these objectionable things? And, you know, if you still cling, like it says, to these objectionable things, and you're truly, you know, uncertain in your belief that God will in fact remove these, you know, consider this. He removed them for me, and he removed them for for countless others on the line here. Perhaps he might be able to remove them for you. You know, thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Who else would like to read on, actually, who else would like to comment on what was shared? Melanie? Sylvia? Hello. This is Raquel, after the people... 
Thank you. I heard Rabia, Sylvia, and Raquel. Good morning, Rabia. Oh, good morning, Melanie and everyone. This is Rabia, newly recovered, of Edith from New York. And um, I so appreciate the reader who went back to yesterday's paragraph because this time through the big book, my guide helped me see that this is a textbook and that each paragraph builds on the next. And that was so powerful this morning um, for her to go back and, and look at that last paragraph on 75 and um, and, and I'm just remembering yesterday morning's meeting, and I would just suggest anyone on the line who missed it to listen to it um, on uh, from yesterday, because we talked about the eight promises, fifth step, and it was so beautiful um, and so powerful. And and it was just recently that I. Um, did my fifth step and and then went home and took that hour and then I called my sponsor and and then we went right into step six. We read this paragraph and and of course, yes, I was entirely ready because I was still floating on the promises of the fifth step and 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 feeling you know reconnected with the world and with my sponsor and and so wanting to go forward and I had just looked at all these things in myself and and really wanted the full recovery and and ha- and still had the vision of step ten in mind that I wanted a neutrality with food and I wanted to stop fighting everyone and everything and I'm so willing to do the work and so. Um, so it, it was easy for me to take the sixth step, and and she pointed out again that it says uh, the last sentence we ask God to help us be willing, and and every time there is an ask, it's pray. So so I I pray. I'm constantly in prayer now with God, the God of my understanding, to. Um, to help me be willing, to help me be willing to go forward, to keep doing this daily work. And and I'll just say uh, for reference that now I'm living in 10, 11, and 12. And so because I'm in 10, I get chances all day, every day. I go out of the house or else I'll be sitting here um, in my vision meeting and and what will happen, my husband will wake up, and within a minute I'll have another opportunity to go back to step six and, and be willing, to be entirely willing to change who I am because I really do want to be a nice person today. And, um, and, and so I go back to step six all day, every day, and it's such an alive, growing step for me. Um, it became so, you know, later on in the 10th step, so... Uh, so it, it is a step I can move through very quickly um, because I, I get to revisit it all day, every day. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Rabia. Sylvia F. This is Sylvia, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Upstate New York. Um, boy, this meeting has been so great every day, and I hear what I need to hear. Um, but uh, what I wanted to share is um, the entirely, entirely willing to give up these defects of character. And I know that the first time that I did this, uh, I, it, it was like I was in the middle of a, of a tornado of confusion, which is the process 
of getting spiritually reborn. Um, that's what I that's what I now know for me, because so much had been revealed to me during that fifth step that when I got to the sixth. I mean, I literally had to look at myself in the world in a whole different way. And here I was already in my mid-50s or my early 50s and had been living my life one way. And then all of a sudden, you know, the curtains pulled back and I get to look at it a different way. And um, so when I'm asked, am I entirely willing to give up these character defects, I, I remember being very confused and overwhelmed and not knowing if I even knew what those were, even though I did have a list, because it was it was so huge. I mean, I didn't understand how much selfishness and self-centeredness and dishonesty and fear I was living in all the time, that that was, I was reacting to life always, always. And um, so was I willing to to give this up to God and let God remove from me all the things which we admitted are objectionable. And um, so I remember that first time just paying attention to being okay with not knowing. And, you know, a lot of my, my prayers at that time, I remember going, I don't know, God, I don't know anything. So yes, yes, please take from me these things are objectionable objectionable and they're making my life so difficult uh my life with others so difficult um and what was so great about that also in hindsight is that was the very beginning of humility and humility in the spiritual sense of the word is uh i am so grateful today to know that i don't know what you should do that I do know what I should do, which is keep connected to God, keep giving it up to God. And um, now I'm so much more in touch with these character defects. Uh, I went to a very uh, emotionally laden political meeting last night uh, about an an environmental issue in our community. And I knew beforehand that I didn't even want to go, but I had to show up. I had to show up. I had to be counted. And I knew it was going to be difficult for me. And um, so I had to go in with a prayer about those character defects. You know, please, God, help me keep my mouth shut, you know, for one thing. Uh, And that uh, to accept that this is going to happen, however it happens. But it was, but it was, my prayer was about my character defects going in and during, even during the meeting. There were times where I was stopping and praying just to get centered back, centered back who I'm supposed to be and how God is going to direct me. So, um, and as others have said, this step six, uh, you know, I I get to practice it every day in my step 10. Um, And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Raquel, you're next. Press star one. Uh, hello. Hi, Melanie, and hello, everybody on the line. This is Rachel. Um, this, I, I don't even know how to say it, but this is such an incredible paragraph because it is so short. I mean, all the other steps, how much time did we spend on step one? 
How much time on step two? How much is written on step four? And, and three wasn't short. And then all of a sudden, this very short paragraph, like, so what am I supposed to do? The question, what am I supposed to do? The things that were mentioned before were so good that there's two things here that, that I'm called upon to, to practice, which are not easy for, for an addict. Patience and trust. Because for one thing, I don't know who I'm going to be when he takes it away, when he takes away the character defects. I barely know already what they are. Now he's going to take it away and I'm going to be the hole in the bagel. So the trust is being tested here. And the second thing is, is the patience. Actually, all that I can do at this point, that I'm still with my old character, my old character defects, is just, I think this is what I'm being asked, to observe, to watch, to listen, to see my behavior, to see where I'm causing the trouble. The things I used to do before without giving them a second thought. Now I don't have that privilege because I want to change, because I know that some of these things are no good. And to be standing at the side and watching myself and knowing this is it, this is it, this is God, this is, I'll think about it tonight, whether I'm letting you take it away or not, as though, you know, he, he, he's the one who is going to redesign me, like to give my soul to him like a, like a piece of clay that children play with and mush it all up with all the colors, and only he knows what belongs, what doesn't, what there is too much of, what there is too little of. And especially it reminds me, that waiting and patience, like the like the tulip and 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 daffodil bulbs that we're supposed to put in in the fall, and and they'll just blossom in the spring. So what am, what are they supposed to be doing in there, under the snow and in the frozen earth for all this time? Uh, you know, maybe we'll just plant them in the spring. Uh uh-uh. uh, they have to be planted and they have to go through that winter in the frozen ground, especially now from, I heard that the bulbs that come from Holland, they tell you to put them in the refrigerator until and, 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 and plant them in the fall. They need that cold where seemingly nothing is happening to them because God is doing the work. He designed it so that they need that. So for me, I need to just patiently sit and wait and, and observe and and become willing gradually to let him take take them away. I, I think, you know, in seven, the, the prayer will soon come. My creator, you know, I, I'm willing now that you should take it all and should have all of me good and bad because I really don't know. Some things in me seem to me good, but they cause trouble. So I don't know if they are in the right amount or or what. So it's a, it's a beautiful, how many lines? One, two, three, four, seven lines. And so, so deep. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thanks. And I pass. Thank you, Raquel. Thank you. Miriam, who else would like to share on what was read? I do believe I heard Miriam. Anyone else? Karen in Colorado. Karen and Sarah. So Miriam, Sharon in Colorado, and Sarah. Thank you. Good morning, Miriam. 
Yeah, good morning, uh, Melanie. Hi, everybody. This is Miriam calling from Israel, a compulsive reader, living in the solution one day at a time to the best of my abilities. Wow, we, we arrived now to step six, and obviously before we came into this step, we we gone through all the other steps, which some of them, like Raquel shared, uh, you know, it took a long time, and this one is supposed to be so short in the, in the, in the big book. Uh, yeah, the question is that we, when we take a decision to turn our lives and our will to our God, whoever God it is, in step three, it's just the beginning of a turning point to work the rest of the steps from four to nine. And, and then obviously continue living on them on 10, 11, and 12. And when I came to this uh, part with my sponsor, with my recovery sponsor, yeah, after I did a very thorough and, and profound uh, inventory about myself and, and see what's my part in it and, you know, do, do some you know, turn around and, and look at my side of the street with people, places and things that I, you know, have resentments and fears and, and whatever. And, um, yeah, I, I did take on myself, like, who wants to have all these things? I'm, you know, I'm giving it all over. I, but really, the question is that the, you know, God uh, removes things not in our time. Well, God removes them in His time, and life continues. And and I'm only going to be human for the rest of my life. You know, I'm not uh, neither going to be God or, or 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 perfect at all. I I I go in my life today, and I realize how much of an imperfect human being I am. And, and what's the answer for that? There is an answer for that to be imperfect. I need to trust, rely, and depend on my God. That's the answer. So uh, this is a wonderful journey, and I'm so grateful to be with all of you here. Uh, this uh, is such a gift. It's such an amazing program that, you know, we come here, how they say, for the vanity, and we stay for the sanity. And it's worked until the last um, breath of air. And, and the question is to go and learn to go with God in every breath of air because he's, he's the one that is giving us the breath of air and everything else that we have in our lives. <laughs> Although many times I obviously take it for granted. Thanks for letting me share and I pass. Thank you. Karen H. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Melanie. This is Sharon, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And, oh, I've just heard so many great things uh, regarding this uh, paragraph. And the one thing that I just wanted to zero in is, are we now ready to let God remove from us all these things which we have admitted are objectionable? <clears throat> and when I got to this point, this time doing the steps, I was just... Uh, so sick of seeing myself with these defects, you know, where am I being selfish, where am I being self-seeking, dishonest and fearful with every single situation, and I was just, uh, you know, I was just amazed, and so, I, yes, I was very willing to have God take these from me, and then um, God had such a sense of humor, you know, he, because it's like, okay, now, how do I, how do I start doing this? Well, he gives us opportunities, amazing opportunities with our relationships that we run into on a daily basis, uh, how to uh, learn to practice the opposite of what I have always reacted to 
and uh, respond in a different way. And, um, you know, some days it's like, okay, God, back off. I've had enough opportunities. But, you know, this is just the beginning of learning how to respond to life in a different way that isn't so full of uh, sharing with someone this morning, so full of drama and chaos and turmoil that just not only stirs me up, but stirs up everybody around me because of the way I was reacting to everyone around me and every situation. And so um, I just love this when we get to step six and seven because we've put a lot of work into seeing, being willing to see ourselves as we truly are and the damage that is uh, caused as a result of that. And then we begin to learn how to respond differently. And God gives us that power because now we have his power working in our lives, not just us trying to make our lives work on our terms and according to our agenda. So I'm just very, very grateful to hear what everyone shared. And um, thanks, and I pass. Thank you. Sarah W. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. And good morning, especially to the newcomers. This is Sarah W. from Iowa. Grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Um, yeah, I, you know, um, it, it brings me back to the idea that um, I'm human. And I loved what everybody else shared. You know, I like to just bring in a little bit of the sixth step in the 12 and 12, the AA 12 and 12, where it says this is the step that separates the men from the boys. And it talks about, you know, um, it talks about especially the idea that, um, you know, what I thought was, what's going to be left of me if I give up these things? Because I've been living this so much of my life. And then the other, you know, it's kind of like that Swiss cheese idea, you know. Am I going to be full of holes, you know? Um, and the other thing is that, um, you know, there were a lot of payoffs in my feeling, you know, superior in my um, in my drives, in my uh, my my me me. Um, and, you know, I love what it says in the, in the very back of the sixth step. Um, it says, um, uh, hasn't it been self-interest, pure and simple, that has enabled most of us to escape? Not much spiritual effort is involved in avoiding excesses, which will bring us punishment anyway. And when we face up to the less violent aspects of these same defects, then where do we stand? We exult in these defects. We really love them, and I think that's what you know. What I was trying to trying to uh, bring to light, you know, it talks about self righteous anger can be enjoyable. You know, gossip. You know, we get to feel like we have a one upsmanship with other people, and that was a, a large part of you know where I where I've come from, and sometimes still do. You know, and it says that you know I've said before my my very favorite step is the second step. And this would probably, you know, take second, second string to that because, um, you know, it says at the point basically that when we're entirely ready to become willing to aim toward perfection and when we abandon our limited object, objectives, then we can move toward God will for us. And the more I tend to... Be, act as if, as, as Sharon alluded to, you know, when I act as if the defect is not there, so I act as if the, the opposite of the defect, the more I become like my higher power. The 
because in essence my higher power has characteristics of those things that I you know that are that are the principles of the program that are the assets that I hope to become more like so you know I'm so grateful for the idea that you know I am a human that I'm uh, I'm only working on progress that it is progress and not perfection but that I keep making a beginning that I keep making the effort to care enough um, to be more like my higher power, to be more loving and gentle and kind, as Rabia said, you know. And um, it says, the difference between the boys and the men is the difference between striving for a self-determined objective and for the perfect objective, which is of God. And I think that's the whole thing, you know, I'll never get perfect. And if I say to myself, you know, since I'm not perfect, I'm a nothing, well, there's false pride for me. So, you know, I just have to keep striving and keep being willing. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Karen, what, Karen from New Hampshire. Hi, Karen. Go ahead, please. Hi. Um, this is Karen from New Hampshire. Overeater. Um, this is a very important step for me. I... Um, you know, one through five, I was very concrete. I was always doing something, but I realized today that that was when, when they say the book dropped the rock. That's where it's like, okay, that's the past. Drop it. Now I had to live a new life. And it's like, ay, ay, ay. It's when they talk about the caterpillar changes to the butterfly. I didn't realize how much work was involved in that for me. Because even up to this point, I still did not quite get it. And I didn't really have a faith in God completely. I was saying I did, but I really didn't. So I really had to go to this person, that person. You know, like people said, you need a relationship with God. I was entering a new domain, spiritual. I was going to live my life on spiritual terms. I had no idea how to do that. I, it was like so against my grain. It was like going from black to white. And um, so it was really one day at a time, one prayer at a time, and, um, you know, ch- literally changing so I could become that butterfly, so I could carry the message. This is what's so critical, so vital, so crucial, as it says in the big book with um, Bill W., and Dr. Bob is that you know they didn't have time to pussyfoot around. It's you know I had to get to so I can start carrying the message. Step 12. This is like a huge you know stepping stone right here. So I could get to that spiritual. So I had a spiritual experience to pass on to the newcomer. And you know for me every single step is work. It wasn't isn't just three. It isn't just four. It isn't just every single one. I had to do work. And, you know, it's just one day at a time, but I have to continue to work on myself. And um, and this is a good reminder that, yes, surrender, surrender. That's what it's all about. Just surrender, you know, pray. But the second part of praying is listen, listen. You know, I heard somebody talking about yesterday somewhere, you know, how do I listen to God? And um, this is, like, very important for me. So I need to t- spend time in my prayer in meditation and just listening to what God wants me to do in particular situations um, all day long, goals that I want to, you know, achieve in my life. 
And, you know, this is a, a wonderful thing. So to me, we don't have time to waste. It's like get on with it. Get writing. Do what you need to do. Call your sponsor. Anyways, <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you, Karen. Who else would like to share on what was read? Suji. Hi, Suji. Go ahead. Hello, Melanie. Thanks for your service. Um, I love this step, so I just had to say something. Um, it's interesting that the shortest little stuff of words in this book is about step six and seven and how I, I've come in, in my recovered state to to really believe these two steps are the heart of the whole thing. And and I was looking at step six, which says we're entirely ready. But thank you, all of you original 100s, for putting this out as um, are we now ready? They left out the word entirely, which confused me at first because what what is entirely? Well, the first time I did this step, I said, oh, that's nice. Okay, after I did step five and I felt totally accepted and wonderful. Oh, wonderful. It was great. And on my step five high, I went, oh, here's step six. Yes, I'm ready. Okay, let's go on. And then there's a lovely little prayer. I think step seven prayer is one of the most beautiful prayers in the book. It's not the most beautiful one. And that was it. That's all I needed to do at the time. So that was entirely ready. But it's not entirely ready now because now these these steps, this step six especially, it's about practice. And so I go back to an early life experience, which was with learning music, where it was one of the things that I was just totally free about. My mom gave me permission, you're going to learn music because you love music. And she let go of me and gave me to wonderful teachers. And what did I get from my teachers? Well, my favorite teacher in high school um, got me when I, when my family had had this terrible year in which several people had died, people very important to me, three of my four grandparents. And I was the only child, the only grandchild then. And so I was in, I was a train wreck. And so was the rest of my family because we'd been hit by this deluge of loss. And I get this new piano teacher and he has a sense of humor. So I come to the, my lessons and he says, okay, here's your assignment, do this. And I come back and I play it and I practice it a little bit. And I play it and he says, oh, it's better this week. Now it's up to mediocre. Well, I got the joke. I thought that was really funny, which if I'd been a different kid, I would have said, oh, my God, I'm leaving now. He hates me. But I, I loved that joke because I got it. Oh, that meant to me if you practice a little bit more, now in my 12-step language, as if I know how to see what it's like if I know how to do it, then I'll be able to learn this new piece of music, which I know from nothing at the beginning. I will learn it by practicing. And that's what this stuff is all about. To me, this is the heart of change. This is what we have to be willing to do. And it, it doesn't happen right away. It happens as we rework these steps over and over again that all of a sudden it came to me, and I did a lot of reading about it too outside program, that, that step six is the heart of change. It's about being willing to practice what you want to learn to do better. And when you practice, you learn because that's how we're made. And that's, that to me 
is the gift that, that God gave me and that I'm willing to have, which is to be teachable. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Suji. Was there anyone else that wanted to share on this particular paragraph? This is Nancy from Massachusetts. Hi, Nancy. Anyone else? Go ahead, Nancy. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy H. from Massachusetts. I'm a compulsive overreader who's recovered in this program. Um, I had to say something about step six because I just love this step. Um, Being entirely ready, I always thought, like everyone else, um, that I was entirely ready as soon as I did my fifth step. And then all of a sudden I realized that it was going to take some work to have this happen. And um, I all of a sudden realized also that I had to become a different person. I no longer was angry. I no longer was screaming at people, um, that I was making some progress. But I realized there were some things that I wasn't ready to let go of. There's still one thing that I'm not ready to let go of. So every night when I do my 10th step, I write in my little journal, and it says, God, release me from a certain thing and replace it with something else. And so one of the things I write quite often is, because I'm a judgmental person, is God release me from judgmentalness and make me on an equal footing with the rest of the world. And that seems to help me to remember when I'm going to do something like trying to be better than someone else or thinking I am. It makes me realize that I have to change that. And um, the sixth step, I am entirely ready, but I realize I'm a work in progress. And that means that every day I do my best on my defects, and at night I review them and see what kind of progress I've made. But I guess they'll always be there. And one of the, I think it's in the step book, it tells us that we shouldn't be surprised when we, our defects keep rearing their ugly heads, because that wouldn't be humility. So when my defects rear their head, I realize that they're about me and not about someone else. And that just helps me to live the best, to be the best me I can be every day. So with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Hi, this is Linda from North Carolina. Hi, good morning, Linda. Go ahead. Good morning, and thank you so much for your service. I'm Linda Recovered, uh, compulsive overeater, and grateful to the fellowship. You know, for me, in step six, that word entirely, you know, I have to be brought down to my knees. And also, because of the program, I have new awareness because I'm working with my higher power as a partner. Well, I do step 11 review every night, and um, the dishonesty part of it is really what I'm really working on now because I lie to myself when I think that I don't have the defect, and I tell myself that it's okay to have it. However, recently I just had a health issue, and I went to the doctor, and he did the blood work, and in the blood work, this is what it said. This is a woman at my age a high-anxiety woman, high-anxiety-ridden woman. Well, when I saw that, I said, I started checking it out. Am I anxious? And I'm checking it out with all the people in the program to get validation. Meanwhile, every night I'm doing this 11th step, and I'm lying to myself. Yes, this is a defect in character. I do have anxiety. So point being that sometimes I have to be brought to my knees, but the repetition of step 11 every night review where I do my assessment with God, it really is a wonderful thing because it helps me, as was said, practice reviewing the defect. So for today, I'm really willing to look at this and perhaps follow through with God's guidance, and I am entirely ready. Thank you very much. 
Thank you, Linda. Anyone else like to share? We do have about three minutes. Hi, Kim. Pat, I'd like to share. I hear Kim, and then I hear Pat. So if you would like to share that four minutes, that would be great. Thanks, Kim. And then Pat next. We only have a minute, so let's Pat go. I'll, I'll pass. Okay, oh, you can. okay. My clock says four, but okay. I'm deferring to to Pat. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Pat. I'm um, from Washington State, traveling to New York today, and I'm just grateful to be on the meeting. You know, um, step six and seven for me are have been the the heart of the program, and I just uh, um, am so grateful. I it seems like you know I've been in program for many years, but I always kind of got stalemated at step five. I thought I did the work. And um, since I've been exposed to our Vision for You meetings, um, I've been brought through the steps, and I have been amazed what step six has um, done for me um, because I don't think I was ever really um, willing (laughs) to let go of um, my character defects because they always had a payoff as well. And as as things begin to change, I feel like I'm I'm called to um, more and more humility as I enter into asking them to be removed and then waiting to see what happens. And um, I've been challenged by by all of this, and it hasn't been easy. And sometimes I you know I strive more for perfection than for progress. So I really appreciate the discussion about the progress, not perfection. And uh, and it is surreal. There's there's no real measuring stick for this one, and uh, and certainly I'm not the one to measure it. <laughs> if there were, so I um I appreciate uh, this aspect of our study in the big book, and I'm glad that these steps are 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 a big part of it. And you know they they are sandwiched in the middle of the of the um, steps, and also this they are the heart of of working the steps, then they're exactly where they need to be. And I just trust that I'm exactly where I need to be in working them as well. I love saying the uh, seven-step prayer um, on a daily basis because it helps me to be entirely ready to have all my um, character defects or shortcomings removed and um, in God's timing. I had a sponsor that once said to me, every time on time in God's time. And I really embrace that that's exactly um, how this works for me. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. And we are just rounding up to just about a minute, and I would like to then just share, my name is Melanie, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. A couple things I didn't hear from all the wonderful shares today, so I do have a place to be able to kind of stick my little nose in here. Step six is closely tied to step two for me, and step two is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity because in my character defects, they were so far out there, you could absolutely identify them as being insane in the way I behaved in certain situations, just going over the memory of my behavior in my character defects. And was I entirely ready? I'll have to tell you, I was never entirely ready to have anything done or for me to do anything. And so this is a um, a very short paragraph, but very packed with work that needs to be done, and not only work that needs to be done that I know that needs to be done, I still have a lot more to know and learn. I did not know the the part that I still had to play 
and having these removed. I was quite naive. I came in and, and on my knees and I said, you bet to take it all. This thing is a mess. And what I was really saying was, yes, take this all on a mess. Change me so that I can get more of what I want with a better kind of attitude and a, and a better angle at this. I still had some growing to. I had not any idea. I wanted things to be changed so that you and you and you would do more of what I wanted. I did not know there was much more to do. I had to be responsible for my steps and the things that I did. I did not know that there were some that I was saying, ultimately based on my behavior, I'm not willing to give these up ever, ever. I still had more time to spend in this. Initially, sure, I can say with naivete that I would just gladly give up all this mess because I hurt so badly. But what about fear? Give up fear entirely and all of it? Well. Who's going <laughs> to take care of me if something dangerous comes my path? There's a good reason to have that. The work is in when it went awry. The area that it took off from being a good intuition, that it was a God-given thing, and to be used rightly to where I took it to, and that's the work. But yeah, it's quick and easy, and I naively got on my knees and I said, let's go. Yet there was so much more to learn. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. And that does bring us to the time and the close of our meeting. Thank you to everyone who shared today. It was, it was just very rich sharing. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, and we'll follow that with the serenity prayer. Marcella M., would you please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Marcella, would you press star one, please? If Marcella is no longer with us, um, Sylvia F., would you be able to read page 164, please? Yes, I'm right here, Melanie. Uh, Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.